T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Quick update here on Justin Ross. As the, we seem to keep going back and forth about this, about... First, it seemed like it was a felony, then it was a misdemeanor, and now it looks like the wide receiver for the Chiefs is facing a felony again. Yeah, uh, you'd think that sooner or later we'd be able to get a grip on exactly what happened here and how much damage was done, because that's where this stems from. There were two charges that were initially leveled uh, against him, against Justin Ross. And again, we're talking about, I believe he's officially the fifth string wide receiver on the Chiefs, although he is now suspended by the NFL, so he can't go to games, can't show up to practices, that sort of thing, for the time being until all of this is straightened out. But initially, uh, again, the, the day of the report, it initially said damage of over $25,000, which would have been a felony. Then they said, no, it's between one and $25,000, which is still technically a felony. And then they amended that again and said, no, now we're saying it's damage of less than $1,000, which took it down to a misdemeanor. The other charge is for domestic battery. And that one was a misdemeanor from the outset. It remains a misdemeanor at this time. What the police said was that uh, whatever altercation happened, that the only mark on her was what they described as a small scratch on her hand, which may explain why it was a misdemeanor domestic battery charge. But now, for whatever reason, the, the property damage charge has been upgraded to a felony. Um, can I assume that that means that somebody evaluated or like appraised didn't he take the knife to the vehicle? Yes. And, and, and that maybe that was worse than they thought? That's what I would expect. That um, Because there was initially there was also a he said, she said about the stuff that he threw and broke. And who who, and who, who it belonged it. to. Right. Yeah. So, it, you know, initially and maybe the reason why when the initial report was filed, it was damage of over $25,000 was the damage done to the car and the damage done to all of the property. But if it turns out that he was breaking his own stuff, it's not illegal to break your own stuff unless you break it over somebody else's head. So how do we determine who the stuff belonged to? <laughs> That's a great question. And that may be why uh, that dispute over who owned what of what was broken, what was destroyed that day may be the reason why this was re-upgraded to a felony. Or, up pardon me, not re-upgraded. It was never a felony charge to begin with, but why it was upgraded to a felony. This feels like a mess, uh -huh. like a, a, um, like something escalated quickly, and now they're, it's a lot to sort out just to try to figure out which charge this is going to be. Yes. So at the moment, now, could there be more action in this? Could that charge be re 
downgraded to a misdemeanor? Sure. I mean, d- depending on what kind of findings are made as to what was broken. But when it comes to scratching a car, you would be amazed that uh, the way they set it up was to effectively say, even though I think they said he used a pair of scissors, that he effectively keyed the car. Yeah. To just scratch the paint. Sounded. But how much that cost to fix. And it was, if I'm, if memory serves correctly, it's not in this uh, edition of the story, but I believe it was a Mercedes. I think that's right. Yeah. That sounds right. So that could run into some serious money, just the car alone. Yeah. The only reason I know that is because mine was keyed and it wasn't, bad but somebody just did exactly what you do and just ran it along the side i I said i'm not getting that that's i I may as well get a new car yeah if i'm gonna get it fixed for the amount that it costs to do that sure so we'll keep an eye on that and uh see what else we learn as time goes on here um wanted to get to the story that we actually saw yesterday and didn't get to this is out of eightnewsnow.com we've been talking a lot lately about revenge porn and about pictures that people take or videos that they film and that being maybe obscene and going out to people it shouldn't. Now we have a case of a plastic surgery office where you have people that go in for procedures and have pictures done in the nude or whatever it is because they're getting surgery done and those going online but not for the reason that we thought. No, and and in this case, you're talking about a place where people normally get those kinds of pictures taken because you want to have a before and an after shot. Right. If not for you, I mean, you know, to, for you to t- take home or whatever, at least for the surgeon to be able to show you, okay, this was your before, this is what we did, this is your after shot. The problem is bad guys know that. And they also know that a lot of times, and this isn't the first time this has happened, this happened to a Beverly Hills clinic last year, that they figure, okay, if we launch a cyber attack on the plastic surgery office, we could conceivably get not only the nude pictures of breast augmentations or butt lifts or whatever, but we'll also get the names, the addresses, the phone numbers, the credit card information, everything else that's in that office and that's what they did. And many of those photos show the patients' faces. Yep. So the women now are suing and getting together and suing the office, this plastic surgery office, saying this office didn't do enough cybersecurity to protect their personal information from being hacked. I really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, obviously they need to upgrade whatever cybersecurity they have, but I can kind of see it from their point of view too. Not that I'm defending them, but if you think, okay, I'm a plastic surgery office. I'm, I'm one office. I'm not even a chain. How much money am I really going to spend? But when you've got that kind of private information, I mean, it's one thing for just a regular, you know, doctor's office or private practice or whatever, You've got to have some kind of cybersecurity, but you're probably not going to go spending millions of dollars on it. But if you have that sort of sensitive information and those photographs that nobody was ever supposed to see except for the doctor and the patient, you need to upgrade that. Plastic surgery is not cheap. No. I mean, this is a pretty, um, in fact, plastic surgery, if I'm not mistaken, in a hospital is one of the most lucrative specialties you can have. People just spend so much money to make themselves look better. And most of it's out of pocket, if not all right. of it. Right. And so, and not every specialty requires nude photos. I, yeah. I don't know what that, we don't know what they did for cybersecurity and what they didn't. Um, we also, I mean, hackers also can be really good sometimes too. Sometimes you can do everything 
and it's not enough. Yeah, they think of the things that we don't think of. I mean, in a million years, I, I if you would ask me, gee, would a uh, plastic surgery office be likely to be hacked? Well, no. <laughs> why would somebody go after them? But then something like this comes out, and you go, oh, yeah, that's why. One woman said hackers obtained her bank account information and stole more than $1,000 out of her account. So it wasn't, I mean, the pictures are what made the headline, but it's all the other information they got along with it. And you think about it, if, if they were able to put all of that together, not only could they conceivably steal money out of your bank account, they could come back and blackmail you with it. You don't want these pictures out online? Good, pay me. Uh, yeah. yeah, and it's, um, you kind of wonder what they were initially after. You got to think they were initially after the bank information and the personal information and not the pictures. Yeah. And then thought, okay, you know, pictures are a bonus. It's not like these are um, uh, erotic pictures. You no, know what I mean? They're very clinical. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's something exactly. you would see in a medical text. You still don't want those out. You still don't want people seeing them. But it's not like this is, it's not illegal. It's not, you know, it's not evocative. It's not, not any of that, which makes, them, makes me wonder why somebody would want them. But you still don't want it out there. Yeah, and they even said that that so far, some of the hackers or the hackers themselves have taken some of those pictures and sent them to family and friends through the patient's email account. Oh, that's where I mean, that's just as bad to have the emailing all of your friends and family and saying, if you get an email that's got an attachment, don't open it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There goes your bid for city manager. <laughs> but, right. Uh, so, oh, did I say that out loud? I'm sorry. Uh -huh. But, but yeah, I mean, that's the kind of thing that you don't think. You figure I'm going to my doctor's office. You know, it's it's between me and him. It's our business. What happens here? And then you find out, no, they're as vulnerable to hacking as anybody else is. One of these women paid seven thousand dollars for the work she had done. Another paid upwards of thirty thousand dollars for what they call a total body makeover. Okay. So, I, uh, yeah. and they were happy with the work. I mean, that was the thing. They sure. were really happy with this office until all this came out. Yeah. And this is, I don't know if we mentioned this, Las Vegas is where this happened. Uh, there was the incident that took place at the Beverly Hills Clinic as well. But you got to figure that a practice like that in Las Vegas is going to be, like you said, not only lucrative, but it's probably going to be very well traveled. Yeah. Henderson, they've got two sites, one in Vegas and one in Henderson. Yep. So it makes sense that that's a place that you would go. So, we will see what the lawsuit turns out there. Um, all right, we'll take a break here. We will go to the school district uh, and what the security guard did to get himself fired. Get to that coming up here in KMBZ. Phone number here, 913-586-7798. Okay, we go to WFAA. This is out of Dallas, I believe, to talk about what a security guard did with a gun in an elementary school. Left it in the bathroom. You know, like you do, uh, left his gun in the adult restroom reserved for teachers and staff, according to an email that was sent out to parents. And this all happened at Story Elementary School in Allen, Texas. Allen, I, I think you're right. I think this is a Dallas suburb, if memory serves right. The security guard contracted by the district uh, to work at the school had entered the restroom. They said he left the gun in, and a teacher happened to come in about less than a minute, just a little less than a minute later. Teacher entered the restroom and saw a gun sitting there and said, uh, I don't think that's supposed to be there. Did the legwork on it, find out it was the security guards. He has been summarily dismissed. Uh, newly passed Texas law requires security guards in schools, so they had this to have them. Post Uvalde, yeah. 
Yeah, uh, and like you said, he was immediately fired for violating company policy and has been replaced. Um, yeah, there apparently was also an Allen police officer on campus who went to get the gun. If that's if this has to happen, not that it has to happen, but if it's going to happen, this is the best case scenario: is that it's not in a kid's bathroom. Yeah, it's in a staff restroom, and staff immediately goes. Now, can you imagine that staff member going and finding the gun there? But you immediately find it and turn it over to police. Here's what I mean: if you're the description of the event as it happened, uh, according to uh, yeah, this is from the school district, I believe. Oh no, I'm sorry, this is from the security uh, institution. They said he did take his gun belt off and hooked it on the door and took his gun out of the holster. Why? What, I do you, both. What do you do just sitting there, you know, while you're doing your thing on the on the toilet? You're sitting there holding your gun going, wow, you know, this is a heck of a gun. I, what are you doing? They, uh, they said it was human error and it was just a mistake he made. And that's really the bottom line on it. But it's a mistake that can't be made. Uh, according to, uh, yeah, again, Charles Hollis, the director of operations for the security firm, he was very remorseful and he was embarrassed. Oh, yeah, I'll bet. He's not a bad man, but he violated our policy, so he can't work for us anymore. Not to go deep into the semantics of this, but I'm about to for a second. Because they said um, it was a violation of policy. Like you said, I want to read this again. He took his gun belt off and hooked it on the door and took the gun out of the holster. Which part is the direct violation of policy? Because I'm, I'm wondering, men... If you're wearing a gun belt and a holster, what are you supposed to? What I'm are you supposed to do. I'm guessing, based on the way that's worded, that taking the gun out of the holster was the violation. Because if you're the security, if you're armed security, the only time you're ever supposed to unholster your weapon is if there's a threat. Okay, so it's, and I assume, forgive me for not knowing exactly the makeup of holsters. I assume it's got like a part over the top that's going to keep it from falling out. Yeah, like a little snap thing. Yeah. Okay. Do you have to take the gun belt off? Uh, I get that it's heavy. That I don't know. Yeah, that I, I couldn't address. Um, guess would be you don't want the gun just flopping around on the floor. Okay. While you're, I mean, that makes sense. While you're going to the bathroom, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, take the gun belt off and hook the thing over the over the hook on the door. That's fine. But I'm still stuck on why would you unholster your gun at that point? What are, what are you thinking when you're doing that? Because I, again, I'm going into details. He thought to put the gun belt back on because there's nothing in here that says the gun belt was found. Sure. Just the gun was found. So where did he sit the gun? Like on top of the toilet paper holder? <laughs> you know, yeah, like I'm the, trying to on picture. On the back of the tank, yeah. Yeah, what surface is big enough to hold a gun? And it occurred to him to put the gun belt back on, but not to take his firearm and put it back in the belt. And put it back in the gun belt. And, and I, again, I'm guessing because I've never worn a gun belt. I've never worn a holster in my life. Wouldn't it feel a lot lighter without the gun in it than it would with the gun in it? Yes, and you would notice that. Let's let's see if we can get to the bottom of some of this. Mike in Topeka, when, whenever we talk about stuff and we go, I don't know about guns, here's Mike. And Mike, welcome back. What's going on? Hey, guys. 
Um, yeah, you know, the, this is just it's a negligent discharge, uh, plain and simple. Um, there there wasn't any different... Let me let me let me jump in here real quick. There was no yeah. discharge. The gun never went off. He just oh, okay. he just I'm took sorry. it off, left it in the bathroom. But that's okay. Keep going. So in that case, then how do they know that he took it out of the holster in the first place? Because it was still there in the bathroom when he left. Okay, he forgot it behind it. Yep. Um, okay, so. First, uh, as far as the holster itself goes, there are many different types of holsters that have different levels of retention. Um, that is what keeps it in the holster, keeps it from coming out. The one that I use for my daily carry doesn't have um, a strap that goes over the back of it. It's got a clip that goes over the front where the, uh, the trigger guard is at. It clips onto that. Okay. Um, so it, it's good for concealed carry purposes. Police officers don't do that. They use, a, I think it's a level three retention, where there's actually a couple different things you have to push in order to get the firearm to release because they don't want a ne'er-do-well, as Dana would say, um, taking it off of them. Yeah, you don't want somebody um, coming up to you while you're getting a Coke at the QT and snagging your gun yeah, out of your exactly. holster. Um, so, you know, as far as, like, what I would do if I'm out in a public bathroom and I, and I need to go and I want to take my firearm off of me, um, I know it sounds a little gross, but I'll actually put it in my pants. You know, when I sit down, I take the firearm out of the holster. I'll put it in between my pant legs so it's right there. There's no possible way I can forget it. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Two, two, two things, because somebody just texted this in. They said, no, you wouldn't realize if the gun was in an empty holster. So, in other words, the, the weight of the gun being in the holster isn't enough. I mean, if you walked out and your gun was not in your holster, would you not feel that? That's the other thing is you would absolutely know. Um, for the most part, most duty carry firearms weigh anywhere from one to two pounds. Yeah. That's a significant amount of weight. You're going to notice. Uh, and, you know, same as when I leave the house and I go, okay, keys, wallet, cell phone, firearm. When I leave a bathroom, I do the same thing. I look around and check my surroundings. Did I forget anything? Not just my firearm, but my phone, my keys, my wallet, anything that's valuable and important to me, I'm checking for. So the fact that he left anything behind at all is baffling to me, yeah. let alone a firearm. Gotcha. All right. Uh, thanks, Mike. Yeah, he's, he's throwing his arms up the same way we are. And uh, yeah, what I would compare this to is I've mentioned before because of my back, I keep my wallet in my front pocket. Uh -huh. If I pull my wallet out because I'm looking for something and I set it down on the table and I get up, I will know mm -hmm. immediately my wallet's not in my pocket. And I'm guessing my wallet doesn't weigh anywhere near as much as a gun. So it makes me wonder on cop shows, sometimes they wear their gun. Shoulder holster. Um, correct. That feels like the answer to this because that's something you don't have to take off. But then you'd have to have a jacket or something that it's more obvious there. Yeah. You can see it. And so I don't, maybe that's why they don't want it because you can see it all the time. But I just think if you carry your phone in your back pocket, a lot of times you'll take your phone out and put it <laughs> it's somewhere. It's a great example. Yes. You don't forget your phone. Uh huh. You never forget your phone ever, 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 but you forget your gun. Let's go to Bill in Sugar Creek and see what he's got to add in. Hi, Bill. How's it going? Going well. What do you think? Well, I call in the generally uh, you have to take your uh, pistol belt or web gear off because you have what's called a belt keeper and it attaches to your belt. So when you have to go to the bathroom, you usually take that off to do, do your business. Okay. So that's why that's why he had to do that. But why he removed the pistol, I have no idea. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah that's, that's kind of what we're all asking ourselves. Uh, even the text line's baffled on that one. <laughs> Thank you, Bill. Oh, hey, before you go, there's one yeah. thing I want to talk, talk to you. Uh, just for uh, a public service announcements, the uh, VA and uh, uh, the uh, Veterans of Foreign Wars here in Sugar Creek has what's called a wall of honor that any veteran that's honorably discharged, including National Guard, 
and reservists can put their name on if they're interested. Oh. $25, and you have to have proof of an honorable discharge. Great. All right. Thank you, okay. Bill. Uh, yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, Veterans Day is two days from now. Uh, Saturday. I believe it's actually Saturday, but tomorrow. A lot of people are off tomorrow. Yeah, the observance is tomorrow because it's a weekend holiday. We are not off tomorrow. No, we are not. We'll be it's here. So Not a company holiday for us, but a lot of people are off tomorrow. Um, yeah, I would love to know what his explanation is for why he took the gun. Like, was he just looking at it? Like, was he, oh, look at this gun. Look, look, look. Like, was he just sitting there kind of playing with it? And even if you are doing that, at what point does it come to the point where you leave it in the bathroom? I mean, right. if you're looking at it, it's still in your hands. It does sound like he put it on the tank behind him or something like that and just didn't see it when he got up. But... What a weird thing to do when you don't need to. I mean, the gun belt's already hanging on the hook. Just leave it there. You're not in there that long. <laughs> Hopefully. Be bored. Uh, yeah, right. Or pull your phone out and play some <laughs> right. fishdom or whatever. Mike and KCK is up next to this. Hey, Mike. Hey, how's it going? Go well. Um, I, just, I just had um, a little bit of insight to this. The reason that they would uh, take the gun out of the holster um, while it's hanging on the uh, hook in the bathroom it's because they don't want anybody reaching up while they're going to the restroom and taking it. Okay. Uh, it I mean, if happened. it's, if it's like, okay. Cause I was going to say, if it's on like the back of the door or whatever, yeah, we don't know what this bathroom looked like. If it was a single, right. like, you know, where you could lock the outside door and you're the only one in there. We just don't know. Right. That's, yeah. It's kind of just assuming that it is um, like a stall. Know, standard yeah. Bathroom. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thanks Mike. Yep. Yep. Appreciate it. Uh, we can get one more call on here yeah, before let's we take a break. Do Kevin and Independence next. Hello, Kevin. Hey, how's it going, guys? It's going well. Great. So my theory is this. I, I hang my belts up on my hook behind my door in my bedroom, and sometimes they fall off. So my first thought is he took the gun out of the belt loop when he hung it up on the hook just in case someone knocks on it and the belt falls on the ground and the gun goes off. Okay. I know it's a stretch, but that's my first thought, and that would be my first fear. And how did, how on earth did he end up leaving it in there? I mean, because yeah, 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 ADHD. These... <laughs> <laughs> hey, that works. Hey, all right, uh, Kevin, you're you're on the board, man. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, it makes as much sense as anything because really none of this makes any sense. Some of you are texting. Uh, some of you are texting people you know. Uh, somebody else. Yeah. We won't go into the weeds on some of this. Um, <laughs> it's just not. There are just some numbers I know. There are just some numbers you know that are coming in. And so, yeah, we'll just move on here. Okay. Uh, we will go back to the CMA Awards from last night. Uh, Winona Judd is responding to concerns about her performance last night. She's given an explanation for it. We'll get to that coming up here on KMBZ. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
All right, so the CMAs, Country Music Association Awards, were last night. Uh, this is one of the two big awards that country music has. It was kind of an interesting night. Uh, again, Tracy Chapman, if you didn't hear that earlier, became the first black songwriter to win Song of the Year at the CMAs for Fast Car, which came out 35 years ago. Wynonda Judd is who you just heard, and she was on stage performing with Jelly Roll, who also had a big night last night. And there were concerns about that performance, and she now has since given her explanation for it. Yeah, and I'm not sure how many people are going to buy this one out of hand. Here's here's what happened, and it, as, as Jamie said, it had to do with the performance. It did not have to do with her voice. She sounded fine. But what people noticed immediately were two things. When she was walking out onto, onto the stage, her gait was very stilted and very stiff, and she was taking almost baby steps to get out to her Jelly Roll. Jelly Roll was already out on stage, and she joined him on stage, not mid-song, but right kind of at the beginning of the song. And that she was kind of, I mean, she looked very stiff and like she was just barely able to walk while she was going out on stage. And as soon as she got out to the middle of the stage where she was, she grabbed his arm and he grabbed hers as though he was kind of holding her up that, you know, she didn't look very steady on her feet like she needed him to to bolster her and keep her standing up. And immediately fans were like, what's wrong with Winona? What's going on? In, you know, all over Twitter, all over social media. Um, her explanation for this is one that, while it may very well be true, is a little hard to swallow on a couple of different fronts. Okay, so we're going to play for you first for those who missed the performance. Again, it's the visual is the important part here, but we'll still play you some of the audio of the performance last night. She sounds amazing. Yeah, if I had like not I said, watched it, her, you would think you would never know anything's wrong. Not a thing wrong with her voice. And I mean, it's strong and powerful like her voice always is. But there were fans that were said she looked like she was in a lot of pain, uh, that she had a death grip on Jelly Roll so that she wouldn't fall down. Um, and it was, I didn't watch the performance last night, but I was on Twitter enough to see it. It was immediate. The reaction to yes. that was immediate. She's aware of people's comments and people's concerns. And so she went onto social media to address it. And it's, okay, so they say, don't read the comments. I've read the comments and uh, I'm just gonna come clean with y'all. I was so freaking nervous. I got out there and I looked at Jelly Roll. I wanted it to be so good for him. I could cry right now, but I'm not going to because I'm such a fan of his and he asked me to sing. And I said, absolutely. I got out there and I was so nervous that I just held on for dear life. And that's the bottom line. I'm on my way now to Texas to do a show tomorrow night. The Back to Y tour resumes. I'll be on stage tomorrow night with the people I love the most and with you, the fans I love the most. And all is well. <sighs> yeah. She also ended the video with a joke that we can't play for you because <laughs> it's got uh, not FCC friendly language in it. Yeah. But I do want to read for you the first part of the joke because it's again, this I I'm with you. This doesn't fit with what with what happened there. But she ended the video with a joke she heard before she went on stage. Number one, don't fall. And then the other part I can't read. Yeah. Who is concerned? Winona Judd has been performing 
since the 80s, early 90s. I mean, the Judds came out when I was in junior high, maybe before that. I mean, for decades, granted, she was part of the Judds for a while, but she also had a heck of a solo career. I want to say that their Palmolive commercial together, the one that, that kind of put them on the map, was 1982 or 83. Oh, wow, okay. So she's an experienced performer. Jelly Roll, though talented, is pretty new on the scene. Fine, you're, you're nervous, you're starstruck, whatever, you want to do a good job for him. Physically, though, you are so rattled by nerves that you can't stand up yeah, how and, many, and how, stay up straight. How many stages has Winona Judd been on? Hey, to a your gazillion. point. Yeah. Uh, and she's nervous now? Now, the other piece of that that doesn't seem to fit, and by the way, I, I want to bring this up real quick. Uh, somebody texted in as we were setting this up and said, we saw Winona when she came through Kansas City at T-Mobile Center. She was like that there. When was that? When was she here? I don't remember. Uh, earlier this year? I would uh, Maybe okay. March, April? I'd check me on that because so I could easily okay. be wrong. Yeah, I don't think it was that long ago. And they said, uh, the texter said she was like that there. If you were at that show... First of all, remind us when it was, and and second of all, did you notice that same thing? Because the other pe- there's two pieces of that that don't make sense. One of them is what you said. She's been on stage since forever. Why would somebody like Winona Judd be nervous? Now, you never know when nerves are going to hit you. I've had that happen before. Sure. Uh, and and I think anybody who's in front of a crowd or you know in front of a microphone or whatever probably has at one time or another. But the other thing that doesn't fit about it is nerves are very easy to hear. If you're nervous, your voice is shaky. You're yeah. She sounded brilliant in that. She did not sound like somebody who was having any kind of problem at all other than one that, that I mean, the worry here among fans is that something is physically wrong with her. So some of you are texting in that in the past she has suffered with vertigo. That was severe. A couple of you have said she's gotten extremely dizzy during other shows. A couple of you were wondering she looked drugged um, because her eyes were were out of it. I didn't get the drugged part. She just looked like she was unsteady. Yeah, and, and if it was vertigo, say that. I mean, they, well, so that's the other especially thing. Especially if people already know that, that that's something you've dealt with in the past to say, yeah, right before I, I started to get the spins a little bit. So, yeah, I'm fine. It was just vertigo. I took some Dramamine or whatever, and I'm fine. I'm over it. But, yeah, I mean, the fans are not, that's not the kind of thing that your fans are not going to forgive you for. Well, especially if people have noticed it before, then you can just say, as I've talked, you know, as has happened before, I, I've gotten vertigo. I've gotten dizzy. It hit me right before I went on stage. Yeah. And then you say, but I wanted to complete the performance. I wanted to go out there and do my fans proud and, you know, belted it out the best I could. How much experience does she have performing as a solo artist? Um, A, a lot because, I mean, the Judds were a duo for a long time, but then she went out solo. That's what I thought. And is in fact, that had it a really good solo career. A couple of decades worth. Yeah. I mean, I, in fact, I know her more as a solo artist from what I've listened to. I know of the Judds, but I've listened to more of her solo. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, because there was some speculation that maybe it's just not having her mother around. Uh, and somebody did say on the text line, and this is the first time hearing of this, but I don't follow her career anywhere near as closely as I'm sure you do, is that somebody else texted in that Winona has always had nerves, that, that that's always been an issue for her. If so, first I'm hearing of it, but that wouldn't, that that's not shocking. But what does she do when she's on stage by herself then? Yeah. When there's no one to hold on to, what does she do 
to make sure she she's not known for being a performer that dances and runs around the stage and stuff, but she doesn't just stand there and play guitar. And his jelly roll before she got out there was doing a lot of that dancing around him. And he's a bigger dude, but still, I mean, he, he did fine. And then as soon as she came out, they were locked onto each other and didn't move. And it just, it was very strange. So whatever it is, whether it was nerves or vertigo or something else that she's dealing with and isn't ready to tell people about, I mean, that's her business. Uh, I hope she's okay. I mean, she's a, she's a great performer. Yeah. Okay, speaking of Jelly Roll, a um, couple things to talk about with him last night. Uh, so if you've not heard of him or don't know, I don't know his music even. I like what I heard last night, but even I don't, and I listen to country and I don't know a lot about him. Um, but he won uh, Best New Artist last night and gave an acceptance speech that was pretty significant. And so we'll we'll play that for you here. And then we have to talk about what happened after the show with the award. What happened? Oh, you don't, oh, he, you don't know <laughs> that part? Okay, we'll hold that part because something happened with the award okay. after, after the show. Okay, so I think we've got audio of his acceptance speech here that we can play. Nashville! I, uh... I only got a second and I'm, I'm going to say a lot and I'm sorry, but the quickest I can say it is thank you to the label, Stony Creek Management, John Loba, Joe Jamie, you saved my life. Country Radio, what's up, baby? I got a thousand people to thank you, but most importantly, my Lord and my wife, I love you so much, you changed my life, baby. Megan Parker, Haley, I love all y'all, we're friends. And Zach Bryan, I think you were one of the hottest things on earth, not just country music. You deserve this as much as anybody else. I love you. I'm glad we're sitting there partying the rest of the night, baby. But most importantly, there is something poetic about a 39-year-old man winning New Artist of the Year. I don't know where you're at in your life or what you're going through, but I want to tell you to keep going, baby. I want to tell you success is on the other side of it. I want to tell you it's going to be okay. I want to tell you that the windshield is bigger than the rearview mirror for a reason. Because what's in front of you is so much more important than what's behind you. Let's party, Nashville! Well, he needs to up his energy level a little. little. <laughs> Very boring to listen to. <laughs> yeah, right. That um, was great. He's awesome. So he finishes the speech. He goes backstage where there is a ton of media waiting, and he's given a, a bunch of interviews back there. and was giving an interview to a radio station when he's got the award in his hand, and he drops it. <laughs> And it shatters. Oh, no. All over the place. Oh, yeah, because they're glass. Yeah. Uh, so then he learned, we learn later, Billboard confirmed this, uh, that actually the ones that they get on stage and backstage are generic since the winners aren't known, they're not engraved or anything because the winners aren't known ahead of time. Good. He gets the actual trophy sent to him later. <laughs> Poor so guy. it's fine. I, he still must have felt awful, though. It's like, yeah, this is my brand new CM. Oops. I mean, there are pictures of it. I mean, it's literally minutes after he gets backstage <laughs> and, you know, nervous, right? Like you would understand because it was such a big deal. And he's got some of you were texting this in, but he's got he, he's got a criminal past a little bit. And I mean, it's been quite the turnaround for him in adulthood. And so so you get why he would be nervous a little bit. But and it's in a million. I mean, there are, it's one big chunk of glass and then just. Yeah. Smash this pile out. of award. And he's a young dude, too. I didn't realize this. He's just barely. Thir uh, no, he's about to 39. turn 39. Yeah, he's about to yeah. turn 39 a couple of weeks from now. So, yeah, good for him. And, uh, yeah, two people in a row, as a matter of fact, said 
that uh, they got vibes from that speech of that's an evangelical preacher. I mean, that's yeah, he sounded exactly like that. Just the way he ramped it all up. Just brilliant. So they asked him about dropping the award, and this is what he had to say about it. We're talking about your award. I heard a crash. What happened? Oh, dude, I don't know. I was excited. I, I'm, I'm popped, and it's heavy. It's heavy <laughs> you think it is, man. It's definitely not built for falling. I'm going to have to put it in some kind of a really safe case. <laughs> Poor guy. Huh. Yeah, uh, they're not light. Some of those blocks of glass can be uh, a little on the heavy side, but yeah, I would guess that maybe a little bit of hand sweat, you know, from, from nerves and all of that probably had something to do with it as well. Colin, do you know, is this the only one that he won? Was this one? I know he he had multiple nominations. I assume so. I think Luke Combs won something. I didn't watch it. I went to bed early God, last night, okay. but I yeah, I didn't see it. Okay. Um, it's just cool because if you've never seen him, he is, um, he looks a little, I shouldn't make this analogy, but what he reminds me of a little bit is Post Malone. Because of the face tattoos. Yeah. Yeah. The face tattoos and the size. Post Malone's lost a lot of weight lately, mm -hmm. so he doesn't look like that now, but just similar, similar disposition a little bit. Um, but he's, he doesn't look like, I don't know what country's supposed to look like now, but like now that we have him <laughs> and Luke Combs and some of these guys that don't look like they belong in a boy band. I mean, they, they look like regular people. Yes. Is kind of what we're getting some of now. So Yeah, I think countries, I mean, that, that's come and gone over the years, uh, you know, ebbs and flows. But I think country has always been a little more accepting of mm -hmm. that kind of thing than maybe some other musical genres where you have to have a particular look and a particular, you know, kind of image about you. Yes. So uh, pretty cool from last night. All right, coming up, we'll wrap things up. Uh, Mount St. Helens getting a little rumbly and uh, we might have a new island all of a sudden because of a volcano. Get to all that coming up here on KMBZ. So the U.S. Geological Survey says this is not really a big deal that this is happening, but the word recharging is being used to describe <laughs> Mount St. Helens because they have had more than 400 earthquakes just in recent months. Yeah, I, I don't believe them. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, I do not believe them at all. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, four, 400 uh, earthquakes, sure, but um, and it's recharging, but it's fine. It's fine. No, no problem. Uh, Mount St. Helens is going to be fine. This is the mountain that blew off a third of itself and had one of the biggest environmental disasters in the 1980s. So I'm not so sure that I'm ready to go, oh, yeah, 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 Mount St. Helens. Yeah, it's fine. I'm just looking because Mount St. Helens um, – Mount St. Helens WA on Twitter is one of my favorite Twitter accounts to follow. Okay. I can't read to you some of what has been posted in response to this, but if you want a good laugh, I can't read some of these <laughs> words out loud. Uh, but Mount St. Helens has responded to this report. So um, it's really funny because Mount St. Helens often gets into it with Mount Rainier on oh, Twitter. Okay. Yeah. Whoever's in charge of these accounts. Awesome. Having I mean, a good time with each other. funny. Well, yes. Yeah, and I mean, things don't appear to be getting any better because they said from late August to early September, scientists observed about 40 to 50 earthquakes a week. They said that That's number... Fine. Yeah, that number has fallen to around 30 per week as of now. So, okay, great. Oh, only 30 a week. Oh, yeah, it's nothing. Great. <laughs> then <laughs> we go across the Pacific Speaking of volcanoes, and an undersea volcano erupted off the coast of Japan recently. And so we've got a new island. For now. now. For now. For now, yeah. A, a tiny island. Didn't you say there was one that, that actually happened not that long ago near Iceland? 
over the the last few years that there was another one of these tiny islands. There was a I know there's volcanic eruptions all over Iceland all the time, but it was off the coast. Um, I don't think so. The, what I remember I was talking about is there's an island off the coast of Iceland that is you can't visit. Or you can't go yeah. because scientists use it. As like a pristine environment. So, maybe it's something I saw somewhere else. But yeah, there, there was another one of these fairly recently. And what, what happened is what they're fearing is going to happen with this one. It's near Iwo Jima. And it popped up uh, because of a volcanic eruption. There's just, just a tiny little shave of it that's now risen above the sea surface. But what happens a lot of the time is because of uh, erosion and other things like that, it'll it'll just go back down. Yeah. But it's still cool. Frankly, the pictures that we have of this eruption, it's it's just cool to see there's just a little bit of land and then the eruption coming up yep. out of the water. And, you know, even if it does uh, through whatever subduction or whatever, uh, end up going back down below the surface, there's bound to be another eruption. I mean, again, there's a reason why they call that the ring of fire. It will probably at some point, if it's that close to the surface, you've got to you've got to think that eventually it's going to be a much bigger island than it is now. Mm-hmm. But it will take a very long time. You and I won't see it. No, it, it won't show up on Google. You know, <laughs> it, it won't. It won't. It doesn't have a name. None of that is happening. Yep. But it's just kind of cool that it can. You and I have not talked at all about the sphere in Las Vegas. I oh. know Dana is fascinated with this. It's neat. Um. For those who don't know what it is, what is it? What does it project onto it, or what is the purpose of it? It's there to. Uh, I'm sure it's an advertising vehicle of some kind, but um, in the past, it's shown things like the surface. It's it's been like the sun with eyeballs, you know, okay. so that it kind of looks like the sun, but it's sort of a cartoon thing. At other times, uh, it's been decorated. It's just this cool thing that's projected, I guess, from the inside. I think where you look at it from the outside and you see this giant ball that could be whatever it is that they project on it. It is a money pit is what it is. Uh, The Sphere in Las Vegas reported an operating loss of $98.4 million for the fiscal quarter ending uh, September 30th. And the CFO is out. Quit, fired, whatever you want to verb you want to use there. It's like a concert venue too. Didn't you two do yes. like an event there? Yes. Yeah. If I remember Which it, it was, looked insane. It, it was for the so opening cool. of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and for a while, it was also an eyeball. Uh, for a while, it was the moon. They can do whatever they want. Um, and, and it's not a projection thing. I'm looking at it now. A 516-foot wide sphere, and it's the entire outside of the thing is a high-resolution LED screen. How cool. Cool and expensive, and expensive to run, yeah. apparently. <laughs> right. And they're not charging enough for anybody that, that is going to pay money for it's it. It's Vegas. You could lose $90 million in 15 minutes there. And apparently they did. <laughs> so they will figure that out, hopefully. Okay, that does it for us here on a Thursday. We'll be back to wrap up the week tomorrow. Dayton Parks take over next here on KMBZ. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. 
Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.